Hello, everybody, and welcome to the second Modern Woodworkers Association discussion. We're here live, coming from someplace in the internet. Um, I'm in, I am Tom Iovino of Tom'sWorkbench.com. We're joined today by Diami Palaki. Diami, hello, Tom. I am Diami from PenultimateWoodshop.com. You got it, Chris Adkins. I believe you're somewhere in the South, Chris, aren't you? I'm in the South, down in Atlanta. Uh, Chris okay. Adkins of uh, High Rock Woodworking. Nice. And Rick Rouleau. Am I saying it right, Nick? N- no, it's not Rick. It's Nick. Nick. Okay. Okay. Let's try this again. I think it was a tongue tie. It's Nick Rouleau. I got too many R's in your name. So, Nick, <laughs> Nick, welcome. What are you? Who, what's your website? Uh, MansfieldFineFurniture.com. Okay. Nick, you promise you won't hit me anymore, okay? I'll try. Okay, thanks. Thanks a lot. And we're here today to talk to you about our second, I can't believe, the first one was so successful, nobody had too many complaints, we came back for another one. And, um, and we're hoping to keep this as interesting as possible, so I'll get right into the meat of, heart of the matter here. Um, we are talking this week, uh, this time, about uh, woodworking magazines. Now, when woodworkers get started, they tend to find their magazines that they like, um, it's a great source of information out there for woodworkers up and coming. Um, we just wanted to go around and talk a little bit of our experiences with woodworking magazines and what works in them and what doesn't. I think it's kind of critical, and I hope your editors out there are listening, uh, because as, as modern woodworkers, uh, we're, we're interested in finding out what you think as well. So I'm going to start off by saying this. Uh, many moons ago, um, I think I just uh, started woodworking for a – I'd been woodworking maybe for, uh, I don't know, about six months – my wife got me a subscription to Popular Woodworking, and I had that for a while, and it was, it was interesting because I had no idea that magazines like this existed. And through the years, I found the other ones out there. There was Fine Woodworking and Wood Magazine and American Wood, uh, uh, the, the other ones that are out there. And learn, yeah, I'm trying to get them all straight, <laughs> Resource, uh, a source for articles uh, about, uh, about technique, projects that have come out. Uh, guys, what's, what's your experience been? Anybody want to jump in? Yeah, I mean, I'll say, I mean, this is Anyone. Chris. This is Chris. I mean, and, and I'll say, you know, for, for me, I mean, you know, I, I grew up and, you know, my dad was always reading fine woodworking. And, and so that was kind of what I, I kind of grew up on really before any of the others. But And, um, and you know, so it, to me, it, it kind of, um, I, I look at the magazines and fine woodworking's kind of always had a, a little bit of a thing for me just because it, you know, reminds me of, you know, my dad reading the magazines. Um and you know, and, and in the past, before the internet, I mean, that was primarily your your source for for information for into woodworking and stuff. Um, and you know, now I, I pretty much, I mean, I, I follow fine woodworking, pop woodworking, and and wood is probably the three that I, I mainly do. Um, and then occasionally I'll pick up some of the others off the shelf so I see something that interests me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, what, what, what's your experience been? Well, I'm going to share Chris's. Uh, Nostalgia for fine woodworking. It's a magazine I've had in my house as long as I can remember. Um, and these days, I'm a subscriber to Fine Woodworking and Popular Woodworking magazine. Um, I don't know. This is my own kind of taste going, but I find them to be, while they're both radically different, I think they're also very different from the other magazines out there. And they've been the ones that really float my boat. And in both cases of uh, Fine Woodworking and Popular Woodworking, What's kind of cemented my relationship with them has been the fact that um, 
that the editors have been open and communicative and I've been able to establish personal relationships with editors at both magazines. And that's probably true of all the magazines because I'll freely admit the only two I've ever tried are fine woodworking and popular woodworking. But I'll just say that that's, that's a benefit of all these magazines is that they seem to be, be open to really connecting with, uh, with their readers and their audiences in terms of what people want from the magazines. They don't always succeed in that and they all have their own institutional biases, but they do seem to be trying to listen. I'll give them that. Okay, and Nick, what what's your experience been? Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna agree with Yami because uh, the the two that I subscribe to actively are popular woodworking and fine woodworking. When I started uh, woodworking, maybe I don't know, a little more than a decade ago, um, it was just an entry level, uh, you know, cobbling things together that the family needed. And I found my father-in-law's stash of Woodsmith magazines, back issues going back to the early '80s, I guess just boxes and boxes of magazines and I'd read one after the other after the other picking out and flagging uh projects that interested me and challenged me and 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 as I grew into a better woodworker I think I really stuck with the magazines that provided a lot of projects that that challenged my skills which okay. at this point I guess it comes down to fine woodworking and popular woodworking um but but I'm going to agree with Yami too on that that I found that um the accessibility of the of the people behind the the, the paper uh, has been pretty impressive with those two magazines in particular. Okay, all right. Um, so we, you know, so we've got our experiences down. I mean, you know, I mean, I, and I hear that we all subscribe to magazines still today. Um, you know, the woodworking magazine hasn't gone away um, as as an entity. Um, well, what what do you think the best thing about the woodworking magazines are? I mean, you know, it could be any 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 of the brands that are out there. What, what do you think the best Best aspects of the woodworking magazines are. Anyone? <laughs> uh, I'll jump in, Tom. This is Diami. I think, for me personally, the uh, the best thing is just the the archive of what they do. Um, with fine woodworking, I happen to be an online member also, so I've got access to the the entire archive online. And with pop woodworking, I just save every issue, <laughs> and I make sure that I can I dove I dog ear them, and I make sure I can go through them because. Not everything in either magazine is interesting, and the stuff that is interesting is rarely applicable at the particular time I'm reading it. But to be able to refer back to them and find old articles when they are useful, I just find that tremendous. Uh, simple things from table saw tune-up to how to make a piece of furniture, when I'm ready for it, to be able to refer back to them is uh, what I find to be the, the biggest uh, benefit to the magazine. Nick, Nick, what do you think is the best the best asset uh, for the for the magazines? What do you think? What do you think is the best thing that stands out for you? Uh, I tend to agree. I think having them around, um, you know, going to the internet is is nice. You can go and find something when you're looking for it. Uh, the problem is knowing what it is you're looking for. So <laughs> I find myself uh, a lot of times just taking out a stack of old magazines and flipping through them, and it's like reading. For me, anyway, it's like reading through them the first time because darn if I remember what they wrote about a year ago. Mm-hmm. So having them having them on the shelf just to to read for fun and remind me of of the good things that I missed or may have forgotten about, uh, you know, I think is pretty invaluable. Yeah, Chris, do you find that same experience? No, and I was going to. I mean, that that that's exactly my sentiments. Is, is just what Nick said. Is you know, there's there's a few things that if I go online, I'm typically looking for something specific you know you know the the phrase google it i mean that's you know 
in our language now because that's that's what we do. If we want to know something specific, we go and and look for that topic. Um, you know, I do follow a, a lot of guys, you know, you guys all have blogs as well, and, and, and I follow those. And so there are topics that I pick up that way, but most of the time when I'm online, I typically look for something specific. You know, the great thing about the magazines is, is you know, there's lots of different topics in there. And, you know, I may not be interested in all of them, but it, it, I still glance over them and try to pick up a little off of them. And, you know, it, I like I like magazines. I like books. I like to hold print in my hand. So it's so I still enjoy reading magazines just because, you know, I don't want to read everything offline. I still like to to hold a book or hold a, a magazine and, and not have to pull it offline. Yeah, there's a lot to be said about that. You know, I, my my favorite, and I still subscribe. And I'm going to tell you because I write for them is still Wood Magazine. Um, but you know, there's a lot of thought put into the way that they're laid out. It's not just the content; it's also the art design. It's the choices of how they illustrate a project. Um, you know, there's definitely a difference in the way that uh, a project is illustrated and presented in a magazine versus on the online uh, setup. And uh, I found that you know, it's great for me to bring out a magazine with the with the with the plan from from uh, from a past issue to the shop instead of trying to bring out the laptop and trying to do that. But again, I find the same experience if I'm looking for a recipe that I want to cook in my kitchen. For some reason, I need to have it printed out laying next to me instead of on the computer screen. And that's just me, maybe. That's the way I experience it differently. No, I, I th- well, I think it's more than just you, Tom. I, I certainly, if I want to refer to something, I'll print it out. Even the stuff I find through the archives online, if I'm going to use it, it gets printed. If I think I might use it, it's a PDF on the computer. But the second I start to use it, it goes to paper. Okay, and way you can even mark it up yourself. I mean, it's great that all the magazines, and I will tell you, just about all of them, if not all of them already, have the online content, but the ability to go out and actually take the uh, information into the shop with you and mark it up yourself, that's a big deal. Absolutely. Definitely, yep. Um, what, what, do you, what do you dislike the most about magazines? Um, you know, we're, we're talking about the, the, the cool features, but, I mean, what are some of the, some of the things that you, know, you wish could be improved? In some of these magazines, anybody want to take a stab at that? Bueller, <laughs> I'll, t- I'll take a stab at it. It's Diami. Um, I can't necessarily fault them for this because they are the print medium, and I, I understand that they have weeks and months of lead time. But the you know the the all the magazines in the beginning have the sections about the new tools that come out, and you know at least in terms of things like that that are somewhat timely in terms of new releases. Not that there's all that much timely stuff going on in woodworking, but the little bit of timely stuff there is, I don't know that I see anything in a magazine that I haven't read about online months beforehand. And I don't mean to suggest they shouldn't put it in the magazine, but that section of the magazine seems to be less valuable, I'll say, because um, it's following up so much after online. So I, I wish they would kind of, and I don't have an answer for this, I'm just a critic so I can point out the problem but not offer a solution, but I wish they'd elaborate on it somehow so that the magazine, you know, in the case of a new tool, what you learned in the magazine was somehow built upon what you already knew from online and, and added some value somehow. Because right now it just seems to be a rehashing of what we've already read on a dozen blogs by then. You know, an interesting point, Dion. I mean, when you think about the way news, or at least was consumed, um, you know, before the advent of the internet, there was your daily newspaper you got, but then there was also uh, Newsweek or Time magazine you got to get more in-depth information right. about what the story was of the day. Do you, do you think that the magazines do a good job of saying, okay, here's the debut of the tool X, and then when the magazine comes, there's more information on it, maybe a little bit more in-depth review? Do you see well, that? When, or? 
when they do a review, I'm going to say the reviews you see in the magazines are more thorough and in-depth than most reviews, if not all reviews you see online. Um, okay. But if we're talking about just here's the new tool from so-and-so company, it tends to be a couple paragraphs, a quarter page, a half page. I don't know that that has any advantage over a blog post about it. Okay. Okay. Nick, what, what, what's your thought? What, what would you like to see improved? It, I have I have two, I guess. One is uh, the the sheer space they take up. And after 10 years of collecting magazines, <laughs> I'm finding myself building a new cabinet every two years to, to, to keep them all. I know, right? I have a hard time just purging the stuff that, that should probably get purged. But, you know, it's kind of a, I think it's a sin to get rid of good resources like those magazines. It um, is. And, and the second one is, is, I guess, the necessary evil of advertising. Um, you know, some magazines more than others, I suppose. Um, y- you know, uh, I think like anybody, I'd like to see more content rather than more advertising. So, you know, I don't, I don't even read the, the advertising, so they're lost on me. I just flip right past them. Chris, what's your thought? You know, I mean, this is a tough one for me because, I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I typically when I flip through a magazine, I, I pick up what I, I want to read and, and what I don't, I, I just skip over. Um, you know, so I also pick the magazines by the content and stuff that that, uh, that I enjoy reading. Um, I mean, you know, advertisements, that, that is the necessary evil, and it's, it's just something. You know, for me, I hate to say it, but one of the things that's a distraction in a magazine is is if the the um, some of them will, will tend to advertise in a completely different direction than, than what I um, – what I kind of woodworking and stuff I do, and I find that a little bit of a distraction. But um, okay. you know, I, I guess I would say, you know, as far as with the magazine companies and stuff like that, the 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 really I think the thing with them is just is their diversity and their kind of keeping in touch with what woodworkers and stuff, and and, and a lot of it kind of ties back into a, a lot of us guys. I mean, we we pick up a ton of information off you know online as, as well through magazines. So, you know, if I had a gripe, I would say that that it's it's tying more into that online world and and picking up more of of what you know the guys that are online and stuff. You know, what to read and and correlating and i think some of them you know are, are starting to come around and some magazines do better than others at it some are um it seems recently um kind of starting to to come around to that and and start including um you know more of the online role into it um but, but i guess if I, I said that was my gripe that would be just really tying more of that together okay so more of a suggestion now yeah okay. yeah and it if i could touch on that the Tying the online to the print, again, I'll just be the critic and point out the problems, is the two ways they do it is either the online is not the magazine and they, they have very little connection, or what you read online, two months later you read in the magazine and it's essentially rehashing content. Mm-hmm. And I think, ideally, I would like something in between there. I want to have some value add by reading in the magazine versus the blog post, but I don't want them to be wholly independent entities. Okay, for me, you know what my problem is? Okay, here's my problem. You ready? There's no scratch and sniff ads. <laughs> okay? <laughs> no, for, no, for, no, seriously, I mean, I'm just, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, for me, I, it, I think what, what you're looking at is you see the, you see the content um, in the magazine, and it's just, 
Unfortunately, sometimes, I guess it's the nature of woodworking, is within a year you'll see the same type of article written um, in every magazine. It, it, it's yeah. kind of funny. Um, I remember one span, I think it was in 06 or 07, every single magazine I picked up at one point in the span of a year covered how to cut the mortise and tenon joint. And it was a featured cover story. Wasn't the mortise and tenon only invented in 06, though? So that was I news. What? So that makes sense. It does make sense. Uh, but, but the thing is, it's, you know, it's like there's, there was wood magazines taken, and there was popular woodworkings taken, and there was fine woodworkings taken, and there was um, you know, shop notes taken, and then there was, you know, it, it went on and on and on. It was, it was interesting to see how pretty much within the span of a year, everybody just tackled the back-to-basics. Here's how you cut a mortise and tenon. Um, obviously, they're not going to get together and talk about the content of their magazines. It's just sometimes you'll see that when it comes to woodworking. It's maybe because how many different types of tables can you really build or how many different kinds of joints can you really show how to cut? You know, and, and, and that's a good good point, Tom, because, I mean, I, I think most of us have, you know, worked with some of the, the, the woodworking magazines enough to, to talk to them a little bit and, you know, had some stuff submitted and, you know, and you, you find that they police themselves in-house where they'll say, you know, we just ran a mortise and tendon article, you know, a year ago or, yeah. or, or maybe a two-year cycle. I think Fine Woodworking says theirs is like a two-year cycle. And, uh, you know, I think it, it sounds like to, to me most of them try to keep, um, you know, I, I'm not an editor there, but, but from the understanding with most of them, they try to keep it within – you know, a subscription, you know, they don't want to have anything overlap within a year or two subscription. Um, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, when there's so many magazines, I'm sure that it is difficult for them to not only police themselves in-house, but look at all the other magazines. And, you know, there is only so many topics. So, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we look at it, there's either going to be a technique or there's going to be a project or there's going to be a tool review or, you know, maybe how to get the most day. But and then again, you take a look at it in everybody's shop. You know, you're going to have a bandsaw, you're going to have a table saw, you're going to have a thickness plane, you're going to have hand planes. And, you know, it's kind of like it's kind of like if you take different kinds of martial arts, you'll understand that they all attack the same parts. Right. Yeah. You know, they may be different, but it's but it's all the same kind of things that are going on. So sure. maybe it's just me. I don't know. <laughs> hey, here's another question. It's just you, Tom. It's just me, of course. Everything of course. usually comes down to that. Uh, here's a question. Um, one of the things that really people do look forward to in these magazines are the projects. And there have been some real knockout projects, um, you know, that go from, you know, just gorgeous ones to really just basic, simple, maybe shop fixtures. What do you think about the uh, projects that are offered in the different magazines? I mean, do, they, do, you, do you find them too challenging? Do you find them um, maybe too simplistic? Do you feel like you have to uh, change the designs yourself to get what you want? What, what do you guys think? I mean, I'll speak up on this first. I mean, for for me, I typically don't pick projects from from magazines. I mean, it's just not something I typically do. But I, I like that the projects are there. I mean, it's it's definitely a benefit, even for me, if I'm never going to build any of the projects, because it gives me ideas. It gives me ideas for for when I'm making other things. So I may see something in a magazine and it, it gives me an idea to start drawing up on something else. And, and then techniques. It, it also shows me techniques on, on how they are joining something together. They may have a specific project that they're doing a way of joining it together that I go, hey, that would look you know, really good on this something else that, that I'm working on over here. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's more about learning um, 
just different ideas of techniques on how people do projects and and then coming up with with um, you know aesthetic ideas yeah okay. I agree with that entirely uh, I, I, I don't think I've ever built a project straight out of the magazine I deal with deal with the projects more as sources of inspiration and and the techniques as uh, you know concepts to try out see if it fits for me uh, you know 25 different ways of cutting a dovetail I'm only really probably going to do one or two of them in my lifetimes but I'm going to try them all at least once to see what works <laughs> <laughs> no I, I would agree too in terms of you know not using the uh, the projects as oh I'm going to go out build, build the shop and build this exact table that I just saw in the magazine but you know your broader question Tom was are they are they too simple too hard do they vary enough and I'm going to say that they do vary enough at least I think they do because there are some that I really like and I would say um, a slight majority but a majority of the projects I read across the board in magazines I'm genuinely not interested in and I view that more as my own narrow focus than any lack of their detail so the fact that there's a lot that don't pique my interest to me, reflects that they are kind of spanning the gamut, and no matter what your interest is, you'll find a little bit that is within what you're interested in. Y'all are nuts. I build those things straight out of the magazine all the time. <laughs> you have an entire house full <laughs> of every <laughs> genre. No, seriously. I mean, there have been there have been times, you know, where now now I, I, I'll throw a caveat out about this. I'll I'll see a project. Usually, I like to build small projects out of magazines, and wood it has a great selection of them. Um, and, and like clocks, okay, so fine, I see a clock, I build it. Then I start to think to myself, okay, what can I do to modify it for the next one I want to build? Because, you know, I've got this big extended family, and there's everybody who says, well, Tom, we want something of yours in the, in the house. So I'll end up doing different variations on it, but using that as a springboard. So maybe in some ways I am using it as inspiration, but I usually will build it straight out of a magazine at least once. Um, just to see, you know, do I have the skills to do this? And for me, that's the litmus test. You know, I'll take a look at the different magazines, and maybe there's one that really stands out as an awesome project, and I, maybe it's a challenge for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm no expert by any stretch of the imagination, but for me, it's, it's good to get out of here and see, can I really stretch my skills to do this? So, oh, so absolutely. They, they, do, they do present a good challenge, a wide variety of topics. Again, like many of you said, uh, there's no way I'm going to build all of them. But you know, I usually pick and choose a couple that are that are pretty good. Now I'll, I'll find myself building them again straight out of off the plans. So it's kind of. I will yeah, let I'm, you go, Tom. I'm, I okay. yield to I yield to the MC. No, no, the MC MC's throwing it back to you because you were about ready to jump in. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was in terms of um, doing the projects and exploring the technique in the projects to to diverge off the magazines for a second i think that's what i do and i would suspect many of us do that is that when we take on a new project we do change up the technique and try to learn something new or try something new in every project we do just to speak for myself my projects at this point are typically dictated by need rather than by oh that's an interesting project from a magazine i have my stack of that'd be fun to build someday projects from magazines but i haven't gotten to someday yet that's that's the day after Saturday, isn't it? Oh wait, that's yeah. Sunday. I'm sorry. <laughs> From what I'm hoping, it's the day after the kids go to college. Yeah, well, you know that day will come. I'm telling you. Someday. I'm not yes. sure if I'm I'm unique in this, but a lot of times when I come up with a project concept, 
instead of having the magazine article as the 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 sole inspiration i might i might see something a piece of furniture at a friend's house or something and go looking across the different magazines to see what similar uh you know designs or or you know kinds of iterations the the magazines might have put out that share style or share features uh you know to get kind of a broad brush of across the magazines uh of, of similar ideas before i come up with my final concept or design no i i definitely agree with that nick i mean you know anytime i'm i'm designing something you know i, I start getting ideas on on what i'm looking for but you know to kind of expand on that i mean i'll pull out you know pull out some magazines if i remember seeing some you know if i'm doing a table or something and i remember you know something similar to that i'll pull it out or or i'll go online and 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 look up you know try to find some tables similar to that just to pull ideas and just you know a lot of times for just details and stuff and and how i'm going to do so it's definitely a source of you know inspiration there i'm digging it okay here we go last thing you guys individually one of us at a time has been elected king of the world i guess do you get elected to that <laughs> what and you could create the franken the frankenzine you take the best things of every magazine you've got. What what would your magazine look like? And you know, shoot from the lip. Let let's see what happens. I'll I'll, I'll wade into this one. Um, I'm going to say we take the the art direction of Taunton. Take mix the editors from um, from a bunch of them. I would take the best editors from a bunch, but use the Taunton. The, the, the model they try to use across the board, not just in fine woodworking, but they don't always succeed, is sending editors out to meet with, with new and other woodworkers rather than their, uh, their executive editors. I want people writing content who aren't just the staff of the magazine. Um, but then take the, the religious daily blogging of, of pop woodworking and, and add that to the mix. Um, and I, I want constant f- fresh interactive content online and fresh new content in the magazine um and, and a nice mix of the internal staff and new people who have and have not previously appeared in the magazine okay <laughs> nick you're king of the world what's going on here yeah, I'm I'm sort of with Yami on that one, except that I would throw in a little more of the of the history component that popular woodbreak working seems to bring with a lot of their projects, the background behind the piece, uh, you know, historically, where did it come from? How did they do it in, uh, you know, in the past? They they seem to be uh, specialists these days of of bringing back some of the old school, you know, 18th century, 19th century. Uh, techniques uh, or the, the history behind a, a, a molding or style of furniture they talk about that before they jump into the into the the piece itself which which I find interesting if not useful okay sort of a sort of a historical aspect or look at the uh, look at the piece yeah and then and then the uh, what is it three years for thirteen dollars that wood brings that, that's not bad too <laughs> <laughs> Oh, all right, Chris. So you're king of the world. What do we got? All right. Um, yeah, you know, for me, I mean, I I think kind of to touch on what what these guys have already said. I mean, you know, 
I do like the aesthetics of a magazine. You know, I, I like, and Taunton does a great job with that. I mean, they, they really do make a magazine, but they spend a long time putting it together. So, but at the same time, I, I also like a lot of the aspects of, you know, like, you know, like Nick was saying, the history and stuff. I'm very much a hybrid woodworker. I, you know, I find myself constantly going back and forth. You know, at times I think I'm a lot of hand tools. But just as often, I also find myself that I'm going to do the practical thing. I'm going to, you know, pull out the power tools. So I, I it's for me, it's a it's a combination of of a magazine going in there and really bringing a combination of of power tool techniques along with some with some hand tool techniques and um, just giving us a good balance of that. And then, like I've said before, it also you know correlates to, to tying back back into the online and and. Um, and involving the community and stuff like that. And, and so it's, I think it's important. And I think the magazines are doing pretty good about pulling in and, and having, you know, building relationships with the guys, but just more of that and continuing that. All right. Well, if I'm king, you know what's coming. Scratch and sniff ads. <laughs> Most and the shop monkey. Have, and the shop monkey. And I don't think you want to scratch and sniff the shop monkey. You know, by, by, you know I, I, somebody alluded to this, um, getting more involved with the online community, making it more of an, uh, an interactive experience. Um, even with the, you know, one of the things that, um, that I really liked out of, out of the Fine Woodworking magazine was the uh, Visit the Sharpening Doctor. Mm. They, they, they had done that a couple, a couple of editions ago, and they, they only did it twice. I think they went one for sharpening and one for uh, dovetails. Uh, dovetails, yeah. Those, and then that was it. Haven't seen it since. You know, let, let's talk about, you know, getting average people who don't have, you know, $80,000 worth of tools and 27 years worth of experience in and show, let, let's look at what's going on out there. Um, I, I kind of like the whole idea of featuring uh, up-and-coming woodworkers as opposed to going to the same names. I mean, Michael Fortune is an awesome designer, but... Michael Fortune does things one way, and if every article comes out, Michael Fortune does it this way, then people are going to start thinking, well, is that the only way to do it? So, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of exciting woodworkers out there who are building things behind the scenes. And, again, if I was king of the world, we'd have swarms of agents out there trying to find these folks to, to feature them and feature the innovative things they're doing. That's a valid and point. Be, and that would be me. Just, you know, I understand that there's the experts, and that's great, but, again, if everybody does it one way, Nothing changes. No, I mean, that's a great point, Tom. I mean, you know, that, that's exactly it. And, um, you know, you, you, can, you can respect that, that they've got the, the guys who are the, you know, the expert that's been doing this, you know, 40 years. And, and it's great. We really want their input. We want their, their expertise and, and, and to learn from them. But at the same time, you know, you also need to get that other perspective. So, in terms of the way the magazines work, this is a little tangential, but I think it would be nice if they weren't so possessive of their authors. Because I think what happens is a lot of the magazines make their authors executive editors or put them on stipends of some sort and basically lock them up so they can't write with or talk to other publications. And it'd be nice if the authors could deal with multiple magazines. But at the same time, once Magazine A has a bunch of authors under contract, they just reuse those same authors over and over again because now they've got them. They need to use them. They don't go out and find the new people. So if they were all just less uh, controlling about the authors and 
I think each magazine would end up having more authors, and the authors would have the ability to be in more magazines. I think you might get a better mix. Well, I know we're not going to solve all the problems today, but <laughs> we have run out of time for today's broadcast. So I would like to thank everybody who's at the table today. We'll start with Diami Palaki. Diami, where can you be found? Oh, I can be everywhere. I'm at uh, penultimatewoodshop.com. I am Diami Plotki on Twitter, and I am uh, gplus.to slash Diami Plotki on Google+. Okay, all right. Chris, where, Chris Atkins, where can we find you? Uh, of course, I'm at highrockwoodworking.com. Uh, you can also find me as highrock, uh, WW, um on Twitter and of course, I'm on G plus too, but I, I don't know. Diami knows this long thing, but I can't tell you. But you can look up Chris Adkins or High Rock Woodworking, and you'll find me on. If you G+ go to the Modern Woodworkers Association about us page or contact us page, you'll find us all. It'll have you'll all the information there. But I haven't. But wait a second. Wait, there's more. Go for it, Nick Rulo. Nick, not Rick, but Nick Rulo. Nick, where can we find you? Well, start off at the Modern Woodworkers uh, Association contact us page. That's got all links to everywhere for everybody. Um, other than there, mansfieldfinefurniture.com or mansfinefurn on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on G+, Facebook, and a little bit everywhere. Yeah, that's the problem. You could usually find me at the county lockup after a while. But, but hey, I'm Tom. I have you know Tom's Workbench. You can find me Tom's Workbench on Twitter, and you can find me on Facebook and all those other places. Just look for the monkey. Everybody, I want to thank you all for listening. We'll be back later with some more interesting and exciting content. This has been the Modern Woodworkers Association discussion. Thanks for listening. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.